0: What's up, everybody? My name is Andrew, and welcome to the Bundesliga. We are here on episode eight. Now, today is not going to be a match day analysis episode. Today is going to be an episode about the winter transfer window, as well as the Hinrunde, some of the best moments, worst moments. Just going to kind of talk about the first half of the season and give you my thoughts and analysis on teams, players, standings, kind of where everything is and where everyone stands. So that's what we got going on today. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started, guys. So, the winter transfer window. Let's start with my team, which is Bayern, of course. So this transfer kind of went down before the winter transfer window, but it only kind of really took effect during the winter transfer window, and the player only really joined the team in January. And that is, of course, Alfonso Davies from the MLS, He's a young, I believe, just turned 18 in January. He's a very young player from the Vancouver Whitecaps in Canada from the MLS. So, Byron bought Alfonso Davies from the MLS. I think it was one of the more expensive transfers out of the MLS ever. I forget the exact price, but we landed Alfonso Davies, who plays as a winger for Vancouver. So, it's going to be nice to have him on the bench and have him available to replace players like Robin or Ribery or even if Coman and Aubry are putting in a lot of minutes give them a break and and be able to bring Davies on. From what I've heard from other members of the team, they're really excited for Davies to to join the first team and have him play this season as opposed to loan him out to the the Bayern youth squad or anything like that. Like it, it's the other players on the team seem really excited to have him play this year and and are talking about him very highly. Next, we have Benjamin Pavard, who is one of the key players in France's World Cup run and World Cup victory this year. He, in my opinion, scored the best goal of the entire World Cup. I love, love, love that goal. I'll include it in the uh, show notes of this episode for you guys. It's my favorite goal of the entire World Cup. You can disagree with me on that, but I love that goal. Anyway, he was a center back for France. Right now, he plays as a center-back for Stuttgart, which isn't doing too hot. And uh, Bayern put in a $38 million transfer form and got him to join the team. Now, the transfer takes effect in the summer. Even though we bought him in the winter transfer window, he will only join the team starting summer of 2019. So he'll be available for next season. He will finish out this season in Stuttgart. But I think that's a great signing. That way, we now have Sule, one of the biggest and brightest center backs in Europe. Hugh Haenck, as I said already, he's the future of, of defenders in all of Europe. So we have uh, Nicolas Sule. We currently also still have Mats Hummels, and Boateng, who are solid you know, defenders, but they're getting up there in age and really not that quick, not that fast. So now we have two young center backs in Sule and Pavard, and we have the two experienced rocks on the team in Hummels and Boateng. So I think this is a great addition to our defensive line. In addition, I believe Pavard can also play as a right back, so that takes some pressure off of Kimmich and Rafinha as a substitute. So I think he's a great signing all around. So good forward Bayern for picking up Pavard. I'm really happy with that transfer. There were also, or sometimes still are, also rumors about getting Delict from Ajax, which would be awesome. I don't exactly know if we need him now, that we have Povard, that would be a little bit overload on center backs, but I wouldn't exactly say no to the transfer, you know. He's a definitely a talented, talented player, and if he could fight his way into the first squad, I'm all about it. Now, players who were outbound in the winter, we sold off Sandro Wagner to Tianjin Teda, a Chinese Super League team. So, we got Sandro Wagner last year from, I believe, Hoffenheim. He's been in Germany his whole career. And after he uh, didn't make the German national team this summer, he was pretty upset about it. But he's kind of only filled in for games here and there for Robert Lewandowski when he was injured or when he needed a break. So Wagner never really broke his way into the first team. And I'm not too surprised that he um, went to China. He's in the twilight of his career. He's already on the wrong side of 30. So hopefully he's able to, uh, you know, make some good money in, in China before he decides to retire So, thank you, Sandra Wagner. Best of luck to you in China. And then the last transfer I want to talk about is one that didn't really actually go through, and that was for Callum Hudson-Odoi. There was lots of rumors that he was going to leave Chelsea and join Bayern in this winter transfer window. That didn't really ever materialize or go through. I do know that he put in a transfer request with Chelsea, and Bayern was very, very interested and made multiple offers, but they never were able to agree on... A final price or a final transfer so Callum Hudson-Odoi did not join Bayern in this winter transfer window maybe he'll still come in the summer we have no idea if that's still in talks but potentially he could still join the team in the summer if that's something that both teams want and the player wants all right moving on to our rivals in Borussia Dortmund Shinji Kagawa finally left the team and he was loaned out to Beshtikas And actually, I believe in his first game there, he scored two goals. So seems to be a a right move. He wasn't really getting much playing time this season with the loaded squad that Dortmund have. So it seemed right for both parties here to uh, loan him out to Bestikas, who obviously could use his services. So there's that trade. Next up, Alexander Ishak was loaned out to Willem II in the Netherlands. He's also another uh, bright player for Dortmund, and he was loaned out. He's not really getting much playing time this season as well. So why let him get stagnant? They decided to loan him to VLM2 to let him develop and actually get playing time. Granted, it is only a loan, so they will get him back. And you know they're just trying to keep him sharp and fit for when Dortmund decided that they do want to use him and do want to keep him. And then one of the other star players on Dortmund that made a lot of news in this winter transfer window was Christian Pulisic, the American player on Dortmund. So Pulisic was sold to Chelsea for $70-plus in the summer. The trade went through this winter, and it was a deal where they bought him in the winter, and then Chelsea actually loaned him back to Dortmund for the remainder of the 2018-19 season. So he is currently a Chelsea player on loan at Dortmund, and will finish off this season at Dortmund. And this is a, a pretty crazy trade. You know, Dortmund has a stacked lineup, Chelsea has a stacked lineup, and this is a really a star player who has done a lot for Dortmund. He spent a lot of time here. I believe he's been here for four or five years. Still very very young, and has a lot of potential to grow and and become a real star player as opposed to just a, a good good playmaker that he is now. Chelsea fans, if you guys are listening, let me know what you guys think about this. Do you think this is a good trade? Do you think he has a spot on your team? I really like to know because in my opinion, you know, Chelsea already has a pretty stacked lineup and seems to already be doing well so do you guys need a player like Pulisic? do you want to play like Pulisic? do you think he has a spot on your team uh let me know you guys can send me an email at w2bundesliga at gmail.com or you could uh send me a message on my instagram which is welcome to the bundesliga with underscores so let me get let me know guys and also to uh, Dortmund fans, how do you guys feel about Pulisic being on his way out? Do you think he served the team well and deserved to stay, or do you think it's the right move letting him move on and continue his career in Chelsea? Let me know how you guys feel. And then the last trade on Dortmund I want to talk about is Leonardo Ballardi. So this is a defender, a young, young defender, that Dortmund actually bought from Boca Juniors in Argentina, in South America, for $17 million, trying to... Uh, you know, spice up there, their back line. They bought this young defender. I'm curious to see if he's actually going to start or play for the team or they're going to loan him out or if they're going to even give him any playing time. It's going to be curious to see what they do with him. But they bought Leonardo Bolaherty from Boca Juniors for $17 So we'll see how, uh, how that transfer works for them. Next up, we have Eintracht Frankfurt. So Frankfurt actually did a pretty interesting trade for me as an MLS fan. Marco Fabian, the Mexican national team player, was sold to the Philadelphia Union of the MLS. He only played one game this year, so he wasn't getting much playing time, many minutes at all. So it kind of seemed to make sense that if he wanted to go, to let him go. And now he's you know, closer to Mexico, probably closer to his family than being all the way out in Germany. So yeah, Marco Fabian went to the Philadelphia Union. And then the other player they sold is carlos salcedo went to tigris a defender so antarck frankfurt got rid of two mexican players i believe with marco fabian to fill the union and then carlos salcedo to tigris so we'll see how those uh, the transfers work for them i don't think they picked anyone up of note in this transfer window but i don't think they really need to they seem to be you know running on all cylinders right now and, and playing very very well very exciting football so I don't really think that they needed to pick anyone up. Let me know what you guys think. But I I think they're fine where they are right now. Next up, Hanover96 picked up Nikolai Mueller on loan from Frankfurt. So just previously talking about Frankfurt, about how they're doing well and running on all cylinders, Nikolai Mueller is one of those players that couldn't really break into full form or break into the first-team squad with Frankfurt. He did play a couple games and score a couple goals and get a couple assists, so... He is playing okay, but I believe Hanover need him way more than Frankfurt do, which is why this makes sense. Hanover is one of those teams I've mentioned countless times that's battling relegation. So to get a player like Nikolai Mueller, who's scoring and assisting in the few minutes he does get, the way Hanover's thinking is that if he does play more minutes, he'll hopefully continue with that trend. And hopefully that works out for Hanover. It's a player that Frankfurt isn't using, and it's a player that Hanover could really use. So hopefully that works out for them. Right, next up we have RB Leipzig. So it seems like the Red Bull family across all the soccer teams they own, whether it's in New York or Brazil or Europe, they seem to kind of do a lot of business amongst themselves, which makes sense. They're all owned by the same company. But RB Leipzig picked up Tyler Adams. Once again, this is kind of a similar trade to the Alfonso Davies one where It happened earlier in the year, but it took effect in the winter transfer window. So Tyler Adams was bought, finished the season with the New York Red Bull, winning the Supporters' Shield. i got to give him a shout-out for that. And then in January, joined RB Leipzig and has been playing for them. So I really wish the best for Tyler Adams. I know he's gotten two starts now, and he's been one of the better players in the midfield for RB Leipzig in the two starts he's had. So congrats to him, and hopefully he does great things there. The other player that RB Leipzig bought is Hans Wolf from RB Salzburg in Austria. So this is a player that with Austria had four goals and six assists on the season. Also a very young player. So hopefully Wolf will be able to help out the team with his skills. And in case they lose any important players, I know Timo Werner is always rumored with a bunch of teams. He's going to Bayern or he's going to the Premier League or teams all over the place. So hopefully this will give them a backup if he does leave, or if he doesn't leave, then hopefully he's still able to help the team out because he seems like a very talented young player with four goals and six assists on the season. All right, next up we have Schalke. So I know if you guys have listened to previous episodes, you've noticed this theme I, I keep bringing up, and that's a lot of German teams picking up young English talent. Well, here's a player in Rebby Matondo that they picked up, 18-year-old Welsh player, was born, and believe, in Liverpool, plays for the Welsh national team, and he's on the Man City Reserves. They picked him up for $10 million to kind of spice up their team. He's an attacking player. He's a forward, which Schalke needs this year because they haven't really been putting up too many goals. So it's interesting interesting to see what they're going to do with him, whether they're going to play him right off the bat or whether they're kind of going to let him train and see if he can break into the first team. That's yet to be seen, but this is definitely following in that trend of German teams picking up young English players. And the next trade that Schalke made actually kind of surprised me a little bit but makes some sense and that's that Naldo was sold to Monaco. Now Naldo's 36 years old and he is one of the better defenders Schalke's had. He's been a Schalke player for years and years and years. He's a legend of the club, I believe, and I think he has the most appearances for any Brazilian-born player in the German league. So Naldo's definitely a Bundesliga legend in, in a sense. I'm sure he's a Schalke legend, but his time there finally ended and now he's moving on to Monaco. It was a $2.2 million deal and it was a transfer, not alone. So he's not coming back to Schalke. He was uh, transferred over to Monaco. Hopefully he could help them out because as, I don't know if you guys follow the French League, but since Thierry Henry's taken over Monaco, they have not been doing so hot at all. And I believe that Terry has actually been either suspended or sacked, I'm not sure, but Naldo seems to be a player that they can use with his experience in the back line. Next up we have Stuttgart. So they picked up Ozan Kabak from Galatasaray for $12 Now this is a very, very young player from the Turkish league. I honestly couldn't really find much information about him. I do like to point out anytime teams pick up young players to see if they end up being a bust or to see if they end up being a very nice, very good player for that team. So I had to mention him. All right. And then the last team I want to talk about is Werder Bremen. So they picked up Romano Schmidt from Salzburg for one million. And that's a pretty young player. Again, I just wanted to mention, you know, anytime teams pick up young players. So we'll see how he does. And then the other player that they actually sold is Jaroslav Drobny to Dusseldorf. So this is a 39-year-old Goalkeeper who's kind of been a journeyman and rarely has spent a full season as a starting lineup player for any team. And at thirty-nine years old, I mean, it makes sense of why Werder Bremen got rid of him. But I can't even imagine why Dusseldorf would keep him. I can't imagine he's going to add to their team at thirty-nine years old and honestly not being a goalkeeper that anyone ever mentions or talks about as being decent. So. I don't really understand that trade, but it happened, and they were able to unload uh, an aging player on their team. So, that's that. Alright, so that uh, wraps up the transfer window segment, and we're going to be moving on to the Hinrunde. Alright, now we are at the segment about the Hinrunde. So, for those of you that don't know, the Hinrunde is what is traditionally called the first half of the Bundesliga season. So I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite players, moments, and events of the Hinrunde of the 2018-19 Bundesliga season. So first off, as much as this hurts me to do as a Bayern fan, I got to give it up to Borussia Dortmund. They are definitely the Hinrunde champions and they are the best team head and shoulders above anyone else this season. Congrats to them. So starting with them, we got to talk about, of course, Paco Alcacer. He has just been an amazing, amazing player. He has the best ratio of... Goal scored to minutes played. If you look at some of the previous episodes uh, I've included in the descriptions, he scored 10 goals on 10 shots on goal with 100% goal accuracy, most of those being off the bench. He's just always helped the team out when they needed to bail him out, whether it is coming from behind or whether it's scoring late goals after the 90th minute, which he's done four or five times. He has by far, in my opinion, been one of the best, best Borussia Dortmund players this season. I got to give a shout out to Marco Royce. with all his previous injuries and whatnot in previous seasons. He's come back this season. He stayed healthy. He's their captain, and he has been able to captain the Dortmund ship into a very, very nice place right now for them in this season. So congrats to Marco Royce. Mario Goza has also kind of found his form. So after he left Bayern and went to Dortmund, it was actually discovered he had some kind of metabolic disease, And that kind of explained his poor form at Bayern and why he wasn't able to really ever get fit. So once the doctors are able to find that and help him treat it and overcome it, he's actually become one of the more creative players this year for Dortmund. And even when he was on Bayern, I felt he was one of those players that Pep always ignored or wasn't on good terms with Pep. But I'm happy that he's able to do well now because he always was one of my favorite players. And I was kind of mad that he didn't get get a lot of playing time or starting time under Pep. So I'm glad that he's doing well now. Even though it is for my direct rivals, I do like that player specifically. When we talk about some of the young guys, we've got Jaden Santro, who has just been lighting it up. He has outperformed, I think, what a lot of people thought he could do. He definitely wasn't even on my radar at the beginning of the season. So for him to perform as well as he has is really amazing. And hopefully England notices and gives him a call-up to, to the national team because I think he deserves it. And then I also just want to give a quick shout-out to Christian Pulisic. I don't think he's been doing amazing this year, but he just earned that big money transfer over to Chelsea. So hopefully he does well when he gets there, and congrats to him. All right, next up, I'd like to talk about Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, this is a team that I didn't really pay attention to much until I heard that Bayern was buying their coach last year. And then we faced them in the DFP Pokal final, which is the German domestic cup, it was Bayern with Jupp as their coach versus Eintracht Frankfurt with Niko Kovac as their coach. And this was kind of largely considered Niko Kovac's audition for Bayern, even though he already had the job, this was kind of a game that was going to introduce him to Bayern fans and see who he is, what his play style is, and what he can do. Now with that team, he was able to defeat a stacked lineup on Bayern Munich for the DF People Cal win. That was really impressive, and it was since then that I kind of had them on my radar. And this season, they have just taken off. They have, I think, in my opinion, the best attacking trio in any team in the Bundesliga that all kind of support one another and that are kind of puzzle pieces that fit very well together. So they don't rely on any one individual talent, one star. The three of them are kind of the star together. And that is Ante Rebic. Sebastian Alaire and Luka Jovic all three of those players have been amazing they all have above 10 goals this season a bunch of them have a lot of assists as well so that core of Jovic Alaire, Ante Rebic are just amazing hats off to them they've been playing amazingly this year and they have made Antwerp Frankfurt into one of the more fun teams to watch so they are definitely one of my stars of the hand for sure. So next up, we're gonna talk about Bayern. Bayern didn't quite perform as well as I hoped they would this season, but to talk about the positives, Lewandowski's still doing well, still in the race for Golden Boot. Joshua Kimmich has had lots of time, uh, lots of starting minutes, and he has a bunch of assists on the season, so good for, uh, good for Joshua Kimmich. He's continuing to grow and develop as a player, and he's someone I for sure see being Bayern's captain at some point down the line. So good for Yashua Kim, he's been having a great season. So Serge Knobber is another player that's impressed me so far in the Hindrinda. He's very young and has been playing very, very well. Hopefully he continues his form. He's been scoring goals in a lot of games where Lewandowski couldn't score and where Robbery couldn't score or other players couldn't score. He found a way to put the ball in the back of the net. So for that, I, I really appreciate him, and I think he's um, soon going to earn his way into the starting lineup for an entire season. I think he's doing very well, and I think he's uh, proving that he deserves to be on Bayern with all the talent that we have here. All right, so next up, I'm going to give a shout-out to some cherry-picked players from teams here and there that really impressed me. So first up, let's give a shout-out to Rhys Nelson. He's a young player from England, plays on Hoffenheim, and he's been kind of scoring goals for Hoffenheim here and there. He's playing very, very well. He's impressed me a lot, so definitely keep an eye out for Rhys Nelson from Hoffenheim. Two goalkeepers I'd like to uh, mention are definitely Jan Sommer on Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think he has eight or nine clean sheets at this point, so he's been playing very, very well. And then Peter Gulashi also has about eight or nine clean sheets on the season, and he's been one of the main reasons for RB Leipzig's success this season and also why they're so high up the table, you know, somewhere in the top five. So congrats to Jan Sommer and Peter Gulashi, they've been rocks in the back for their team. Moving on from goalkeepers, I'd like to mention Timo Werner and Yusuf Poulsen from RB Leipzig. They've also been really amazing. I think the two of them play off each other very, very well. When one's scoring, the other one's usually providing assists and and back and forth. So these are two players that make RB Leipzig a very dynamic and dangerous team this season. So congrats to Timo Werner and Yusuf Poulsen. Moving on to... Bayer Leverkusen, I've been really impressed with Kai Havertz. This is a young 19-year-old German star, and I definitely see him working his way into the German national team very soon. He's one of those players that you can't deny his talent, and he's going to be really successful. All right, and then we have Dodi Lukabacchio. Now, I know in previous episodes I've definitely called him Dodi Lukabacchio, so my bad for mispronouncing his name. And for any guys that are laughing at me, yeah, I'm sorry about that. His name is Dodi Lukabakio, But I'd like to give a shout-out to Dodi Lukabakio. He doesn't play for an amazing team in Fortuna Dusseldorf, but I think he's had some amazing performances on his own, namely his hat-trick against Manuel Neuer in, uh, in that 3-3 tie. So congrats to him for that. And hopefully he can develop and become a great, great player. All right, two other players I'd like to give a shout-out to are Thorgen Hazard and Alisson Playa, both of Gladbach. They've been both playing well off each other as well in a similar fashion to Yusuf Poulsen and Timo Werner and providing lots and lots of goals for their team. Also one of the reasons why Borussia Gladbach is fighting for that number two spot with Bayern. So congrats to Thorgen Hazard and Alessandro Plea. All right, and then to talk about some of the uh, not-so-bright stars this season, first up, unfortunately, is actually my favorite player, of all time, and that is Manuel Neuer didn't show up for long stretches of the Hindrunde and that really disappoints me. That 3-3 tie where he gave the hat-trick to Luca Bacchio was just devastating to me. There were long stretches of games where the defense was not allowing a lot of shots, but the shots they did let in were goals. I think he had something like eight goals against him and 10 shots on goal or t- shots on target. So that was really, really disappointing to me, and Manuel Neuer is definitely uh, one of the worst players uh, on Bayern this year, and that's really unfortunate for me. But he seems to be working his way back to, to better form, hopefully he has a better rick than he did hindrunde, but he was not good this first half of the season. Next up, another player on Bayern who didn't do so well is actually Jerome Boateng. There was a point in the season where I was literally saying just put anyone else on because Jerome Boateng was not doing well. His age and his lack of speed are definitely starting to show, and it's hurting Bayern a lot. Granted, this is not taking away at all from his performances in previous years. He's still, I believe, can still be an amazing defender, but is not showing it in the in this stretch of game. So he's another one. And then also some uh, not-so-good performances. I would definitely throw the entire Nuremberg squad and the entire Hanover squad in there they definitely have not been having the seasons they wanted to Hanover actually has Bobby Wood on there who last year was relegated with Hamburg and this year went over to Hanover and it looks like they're going to get relegated again so he hasn't really been providing much attacking or much goals for them and it looks like he could be in a team that gets relegated two consecutive seasons maybe he should have stayed with Hanover because right now Hanover in the and Zweitliga is actually doing very well and looks like they're going to get promoted back to the Bundesliga. So maybe if he stayed down there, he would have been doing better and actually helping the club he was with. But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case. But yeah, Nuremberg and Hanover have not been doing well. I don't see any way they, they can really rescue their seasons. But they've had some, some dismal, dismal games. So they definitely are not amongst the, uh, the better teams this first half of the season. Alright, and then for the last of the negatives of the Hinderinder, I think I'm gonna have to give a shout-out here to Schalke. So Schalke is a team that I usually consider to always be in Champions League qualification, you know, top four, top five of the table. And this season, they haven't lived up to that. The first five games of the season, they didn't have a single victory. The next stretch they had a couple, but they just aren't living up to what I expect Schalke to live up to, so hopefully they can turn around and next year have a better season, maybe do something in the transfer window and you know, build a squad the way they want to, but this season hasn't been theirs, and that's unfortunate to see. I always enjoyed watching the Bayern-Schalke games, but this year doesn't even seem to be that exciting. Same with the Riviera derbies with Dortmund and Schalke, so... Yeah, sorry, Schalke. How do you, guys, how do you feel if, if you're a fan of Schalke? Do you guys feel like you're in your rebuilding phase? Do you guys like Domenico Tedesco? Do you want to get rid of him? Or do you think there are certain players you need to sell or, or other players that is, are on your watch list they need to buy to help the team out? Let me know what you guys think because really, I'm really, i legitimately curious as to what the, the fault has been with Schalke this year. They're not a team that you usually expect to do this poorly, so it's kind of surprising that they are. So if you're a Schalke fan, please uh, reach out to me and let me know. All right, that's all I got for you guys for this episode. This was a recap of the winter transfer window and the into the first half of the season. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any friends who watch football, please reach out to them and show them this podcast. I'd love to interact with fans of La Liga or Premier League or Serie A, French League, MLS, anywhere, and introduce them to the Bundesliga. If you guys have any comments, please reach out to me at w2bundesliga at gmail.com. That's w2bundesliga at gmail.com. Or my Instagram page, which is welcome to the Bundesliga with all underscores. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. If you guys check out the description or the show notes, you'll see links to different things I mentioned this episode. I post them in every episode, so definitely check out the show notes. You'll see cool videos cool statistics, charts, all kinds of things in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Once again, my name is Andrew. Thanks for listening and have a great day.